I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. I would not eat green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. Now that is a man who has eaten a lot of beef. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you back for more stories. Today we're going to revisit a topic we touched on last spring in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. I did an episode on manners, but today we're going to talk about specifically table manners. Why? Something triggered in my head the memory of sitting at the dinner table with my parents and the constant talks we had about table manners. Now, the episode that I did last spring, we talked about please and thank you and pass the corn and you know, good behavior in society in general, walking along the street and saying, excuse me. Those are all excellent manners. That's your toolkit. I gave you your toolkit back in, in, I guess it was uh, April or May, where we did the episode on manners. So I hope you're using your toolkit today. Remember to say please. Remember to say thank you. Remember to say excuse me. That's your three-step toolkit. That'll get you through most things. Until it comes to sitting down at the dinner table. Now, sitting down at the dinner table was a regular thing when I was growing up, and that's something that's been lost in this day and age, and it's kind of sad for a number of reasons. Number one, sitting down at the dinner table was always a great way to socialize, for the family to interact. There wasn't a TV on, there wasn't a radio on, we sat at the table and we had conversations. We would go around the table and everybody would talk about how their day was, how school was, how playing outside was, how my dad would talk to my mom about how his day was, my mom would talk to my dad about how the day was. And of course, there were times where mom would give the litany of things that those kids did during the day. Well, you wouldn't believe what Gamer Dude did. Oh God, no, please don't tell dad. Please don't tell dad. Please don't tell dad. Yeah, there were many times I had that conversation in my head, all to no avail because my list... (laughs) My list of bad behaviors was laid bare at the dinner table if something ever happened during the course of the day, which is one of the reasons you wanted to behave yourself during the day because you knew at dinner, if mom hadn't already told dad when he got home, it would be fodder for the dinner table conversation. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't all bad stuff. We talked about good stuff. My parents were interested in what was happening with us. We learned to be interested in what was happening to them and to pay attention. And this is actually a good communication skill for future behavior, learning to sit quietly at a table and listen to people talk. And that's one of the things we learned was how to behave at a table. Now, these are rules of etiquette that are they rules set in stone? Well, they used to be. There used to be all kinds of people putting out books. Emily Post and Amy Vanderbilt and Miss Manners all had books on etiquette. And the books are hundreds of pages long. Everything you should do during the course of your day. How to dress, how to act, how to brush your teeth. And of course, how to eat at a dinner table. And those are the rules that my parents tried to pass along to us. Now, when I talk about the rules at the dinner table, I'm not talking about a formal dining service. I mean, you can have a formal dining service. There are formal dining setups where you have a dinner plate and a salad plate and a soup plate and three forks on the left and three knives at the right and the salad fork and the oyster fork and the fish fork and... I actually do know how to use a lot of this stuff for a number of reasons, not the least of which is my parents taught me this. We don't have that in society anymore. We're lucky to get families to sit around the table at all. 
We're lucky to get families to sit around the table with a bag of McDonald's burgers and fries and dole them out to everybody at a place sitting. These days, people stand up over the sink and eat their dinner. I'm guilty of this too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting myself above anybody else. Mrs. Gamer Dude and I will dine in front of the TV these days because it's just the two of us. We don't have to worry about the kids. We just kind of sit around and eat our dinner in front of the TV. Why? Because we're at that point in our lives where we like each other. We're comfortable. We don't need to worry about conversations because we have conversation all the time. But back when I was growing up, to have dinner in front of the TV set? Maybe on a weekend if we were ordering pizza. Maybe, which happened maybe once every six weeks. Otherwise, though, it was dinner at the table with a full place setting. We would have a plate. We would have at least one fork on the left side of the plate, a knife and a spoon on the right side of the plate, the glass on the right side of the plate. Why do I know this? Because this is how my mother taught us how to set the table. And that's one of the first things we learned. What are the place settings? You put a plate down. If you have a salad, you put a salad bowl on top of the plate. You have one fork, which is your dinner fork, on the left side of the plate. And yes, you set it on the left side of the plate. Why? Because that's the way you do it. I don't know that there's an explanation beyond that. I mean, people have not always used silverware throughout history. Yeah, they've used it for a few hundred years. Five or six hundred years ago, people didn't have silverware. They ate with their fingers. But... The convention has developed, so we learned the conventions that the fork is on the left, the butter knife is on the right, inside the spoon. What do I mean by that? Well, the knife is closest to the plate, the spoon is on the outside, and when you set the table, the knife blade faces the plate. Why? I don't know. Nobody ever told me. I just know that's the way it's supposed to be. I know it's weird, right? (laughs) (laughs) apparently it's a big secret why this is the way it is but that's the way it is i also learned that if you have the silverware now we didn't have all of the silverware to do a full formal place setting but there were times if mom was serving salad we would place a salad fork now what's a salad fork well it's a fork that's slightly smaller than the dinner fork and the salad fork goes on the left side of the dinner fork so in other words Going from left to right, and yes, I do remember this. I have it. I had it memorized for years. I still have it memorized. Going from left to right, you would have the salad fork, the dinner fork, the plate, the knife, and the spoon. That was our basic setup, and that's what you set out for dinner. I also learned that you used the silverware from outside in if you had multiples. It sounds weird, doesn't it? But that's the way it worked. If you had two forks and two spoons, you would work your way in depending on the course you were receiving. Course, you say? What's a course? Well, actually, formal dinners were served in courses back in the olden days. Now, we didn't really have courses at my house. My mom liked to have, I guess you could call it the equivalent of courses. She would serve a salad first and then the main course So salad would be the first thing we ate. So you would work from the outside in. You'd use the left fork on your salad. Why? Because that's the way you did it. And then you would clear the salad dishes away, including the salad fork. And you'd use your dinner fork for your dinner, your main course. Now, in case you're interested, (laughs) there could be as many as three forks, three knives, a spoon, and then a fish fork at your table or at your place setting. How do I know this? I've actually looked it up because I've seen in formal dinner settings, multiple forks, and I'm trying to figure out, well, I grew up with a salad fork and a dinner fork, 
But what else is there? Well, there's fish forks and meat forks and salad knives and cheese knives and all kinds of silverware that I never knew existed. I knew that we had these little forks that my dad picked up at an auction. They're skinny little forks with three tines on them. And we had five or six in the drawer. I never knew what they were for until I looked them up. They're fish forks. They're actually oyster forks. I guess at one time people would regularly serve oysters at dinner. And so they developed a whole line of oyster forks. In case you're ever at a formal dinner, your oyster fork will actually not be on the left side. It'll be on the right side of the plate. Don't ask me why I remember this stuff. I have a head that retains this inane kind of stuff. And I could probably talk for another 20 minutes on place settings, just the number of forks and spoons you could have, but I won't. Just suffice it to say that I learned all this stuff at the dinner table. I learned how to set a table, and my mom made sure that we put it in the correct places. You do not put the knife on the left side of the plate. What is wrong with you? How many times do I have to tell you? This was important stuff when I was growing up. Same with the napkin. I mean, even the placement of the napkin was very important. The napkin goes on the left side. Don't put the napkin on the plate. This isn't a diner. You fold the napkin once. You place it on the left side of the plate so that the fold is facing the plate. Okay, Mom, why? You just do it that way. Okay, Mom. But that's how we learned. Now, is this a throwback to how she was brought up? No. No. My mom's mom was raised on a farm. They were lucky to have a knife and a fork. But I guess... When she went away to school, when she was in a sorority in college, they had etiquette classes back then, and I'm sure she learned a lot of it back then. Is it a way to appear snobby, rich, exclusive? I don't know. But these are the table manners that we learned. That's what stuck in my head. So, to this day, I learn where knives go, where forks go, where spoons go. I've tried to ease up over the years. I used to be very judgmental. If I'd go to somebody's house and they had the forks all screwed up or the knives all screwed up. And then I realized, you know, it really doesn't matter. But this is the stuff that I grew up with. And so it stuck in my head. The table manners didn't just stop at the silverware that we used. The table manners continued to how we ate. Now, the first rule was always, get your elbows off the table. That was my dad. Get your elbows off the table. This is not a diner. This is not a truck stop. Get your elbows off the table. Elbows on the table was the cardinal sin. If you sat at the table and had your elbows on the table, oh my God, you would be sent away from the table until you learned your manners. It was drilled into us. It was two things. You didn't put your arms on the table and you didn't wrap your arms around your plate. And by that, I mean somebody would have their arms on the table. And I've seen this in restaurants. I saw it in college. People would have both elbows on the table and then have their arms around the plate like they were guarding it from people stealing things off their plate. No, we were not allowed to do that. We would sit with our hands in our lap. We could have our wrists lean against the table. We could have our forearms lean against the table. But if you plunked your elbows down on the table, no, 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 no. What, are you raised in a barn? Get your elbows off the table. Okay, Dad, I'm sorry. Elbows on the table was a no-no. Talking with your mouth full? No, 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 no. I don't want to see what you're eating. I'm sorry, Mom. Wait until you're done eating before you talk to me. I'm sorry, Mom. Oh, yeah, we could not talk with our mouths full. If we tried, mm -mm -mm, we would hear about it. 
We learned that our manners covered pretty much everything at the dinner table. If, for instance, we had soup, you could eat the soup. That's fine. You had a soup spoon for it. By the way, that's one of the spoons you put out on the table. The soup spoon goes all the way to the right, just in case you were wondering, because the soup is usually one of the first courses. So you start from the outside in. You use the big soup spoon. And you could use your soup spoon, and you would eat your soup. You weren't allowed to slurp your soup, by the way. No, 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 no. No. Uh-uh-uh. We would hear about that. If you were slurping, you could blow on the soup, but you could not slurp the soup. No. And when you got to the bottom of the bowl, don't even think about picking the bowl up and drinking the rest of the soup. No, no, no. That bowl was supposed to be glued to the plate. You could not pick up the soup bowl at the dinner table. What are you, crazy? You had to consider the bowl glued to the plate until you were almost done. When you got to the point where you really wanted to pick it up and drink the rest of the soup, you couldn't. What you could do was tip the bowl so that more of the soup would accumulate in the spoon. But, and this was huge, You could not tip the bowl towards you. You had to tip the bowl away from you. Why? I don't know. But that was one one of the rules. I don't know why. You can't tip the bowl towards you. You have to tip it away from you to scoop the spoon. I don't know why. But oh my God, that was drilled into my head. So to this day, I always tip my soup bowl away from me when I'm scooping up the soup. I don't pick it up and I don't tip it towards me. It was drilled in my head, tip the soup bowl away, so I tip the soup bowl away. Another thing we had drills on was how to cut your meat. Now, I'm not sure there's a right way to do this, because I've seen so many different people do it so many different ways. But the way I was taught, and this was another one that was drilled into my head, you use... (laughs) (laughs) And as I sit here, I laugh about it because I remember. I remember the conversations. Hold the fork in your left hand and the knife in your right hand. And then you cut one piece of meat off. You put the knife down. You turn the fork over. You pick up the piece of meat and you put it in your mouth. But mom, that's so much work. Just do it that way. That's the polite way to do it. But mom, just do it. I don't do that to this day now. That's one that I've abandoned because that's like an extra step. Why do I have to put the knife down and turn the fork over? You're not supposed to eat with the tines down, apparently. The tines of your fork are supposed to be facing up when you eat. But I must admit, even though I tip my soup bowl away from me, I do eat with my tines down because it's just easier. It's more efficient. But oh my goodness, the discussions we had, turn your fork over, eat it the right way. And if you look it up, you will find debates all over in the etiquette books. I'm sure Emily Post and Miss Manners had a dispute about this years ago. I'm not sure there's a consensus, but call me an anarchist. I eat with my tines down now. The table manners also extended to how we could use our food while we were eating. What does that mean? Well, you'll know in just a second. Sometimes we would have rolls for dinner. Sometimes we would have sliced bread for dinner. Sometimes we would have biscuits. Now, I know you do this because I do it now, too. I didn't used to because I wasn't allowed to. But if you have a piece of meat, a piece of chicken, some spaghetti sauce, 
You hold the roll in one hand, you have your fork in the other, you use the roll to push a little sauce, a little meat, a little chicken up on your fork. Oh, no, 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 you didn't just do that in front of my mother. No, no, no. You do not use a roll for pushing. A roll is not a tool. A roll is food. Put your roll down, use your knife, slide the stuff on your fork that way, then you can pick up your roll again and have a bite. Pushing with your roll... What are you, born in a barn? No, Mom, I wasn't born in a barn. I'm sorry. But you didn't use a roll or bread or a biscuit to push. The only time there was an exception to this is if you had bread and you were eating spaghetti and there was sauce, we were allowed to use the bread to sop up a little extra sauce so that we weren't wasting the sauce because the sauce might fall through the tines of the fork. So you could use the bread to sop it up. But that was the only exception. We also would have salad for dinner quite a bit. We had a big wooden salad bowl, as a matter of fact. Mom didn't make individual salads. She had a big salad bowl, and everybody had little matching wooden salad bowls that matched the big salad bowl. And she would make a big toss salad, sliced tomatoes, some cucumbers in there, and some iceberg lettuce. Always iceberg, by the way. My dad didn't like any other kind of lettuce. Romaine? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Iceberg, that was it. So she would have the tossed salad in the big salad bowl and two big salad servers, which you had to use. You couldn't just scrape the salad out with your fork. Oh, God, no. We have these salad forks. You're supposed to use them. Okay, Mom. Got it. And, of course, the salad forks matched the salad bowl. I don't know if this was a wedding gift or just something they'd picked up and they wanted to use the salad settings, but we used the salad bowl and the salad bowls, and the salad forks, whenever we had salad. We also learned the etiquette of how much to take. We never took the biggest piece of whatever, whether it was meatloaf, or chicken, or ham, or turkey. If the plate made the rounds, and everything was placed on the serving plate, by the way, you didn't go up and pick stuff off of the serving plate. You would sit at your place, and the serving plate would be passed around. And you didn't take the biggest slice, and you didn't take all of the slices, and you didn't take so much so that there wasn't enough left for everybody else at the table. So you had to do this mathematical calculation in your head if you were the first person getting the serving plate. You'd look around the table, you'd see six slices there, and there's five people at the table, so you're allowed to take one. You're not allowed to take two. You're definitely not allowed to take three. So if you see five people at the table, and there's only six slices there, You know there's only going to be one extra, and you don't get to choose who gets the extra. You get one slice. One slice of ham, one slice of turkey, one slice of meatloaf, whatever it is, you take one slice. Because it's not all about you. Everybody's there at dinner, and everybody's got to eat. So we learned that. We learned that early. We also learned to ask for seconds, not just to assume we're entitled to seconds. May I have another helping, please? By the way, that's our manners toolkit in play there. May I have another, please? See how it fits right in? It all interlocks. And if there was enough, you were allowed to have a second helping. But if there wasn't enough, guess what? No seconds. But you had to ask, may I? Thank you. We were also taught to finish what we took. Don't take more than you can eat. And whatever you take, finish it. Yes, we did get the, there are starving children in Africa or China or Asia or whatever part of the world there was starving children at the time. We did get that. So did they use guilt to get us to eat? Yeah. But that's how we learned to eat whatever was put in front of us. Because in those days, there was one meal. Whatever mom made, that was dinner. 
There wasn't, uh, would you like nuggets? Okay, you can have a hot dog. Okay, you can have a burger. No. Dinner was what mom made. If we were having chicken cutlets, that's what we were having. You didn't get a special meal because you didn't like chicken cutlets. You learned to like chicken cutlets. Don't like meatloaf? Guess you're going to be hungry. You don't want a hot dog tonight? Okay, well, we'll see you at breakfast. Yeah, there was one meal, and you ate what was prepared. And you ate the meat, you ate the vegetable, you ate the starch. And if you didn't, guess what? No dessert. And yeah, there was always dessert. Dessert was always part of every meal. We didn't necessarily all like the dessert, but it was sweet and it was a treat. So we learned to like whatever was for dessert too. Now, mom was a baker. She would make cookies. She would make cakes. She also made puddings. She also made all kinds of sweet concoctions. She would make whatever the dessert was and we would always have dessert. But as with dinner, you would only take what was offered to you. You didn't assume seconds were there and you would never take the biggest piece. The only exception was cookies. Because mom would bake two or three dozen cookies, so you could have three or four as your serving. But once again, you didn't assume you were going to get seconds. You would ask for seconds. And if there was enough there, and dad didn't want the last piece, then you could have your seconds. We always looked forward to the dessert. The dessert was always something good. Mom would make this pot de creme de chocolat in this double boiler, and it was the most chocolatiest, thickest, yummiest pudding-type concoction you could ever imagine. It was really good. And mom would make that about once every two months. But that wasn't the only dessert. There was cookies. There was cakes. There was pies. There was everything you could imagine. And we loved our desserts. So yeah, I've tried to pass some of these manners down to my kids, but it's different these days. It's different because when the kids were young, we didn't always have time to sit down at the dinner table for a variety of reasons. Different work schedules, different after-school schedules, different activity schedules. So the sit around the table for family dinner has been lost, not only in my family, but in many families for the very same reasons. People are on the go all the time. People have soccer practice. People have ballet practice. People have whatever after-school activity there is, they're out doing it. So it makes it harder for families to sit together and have dinner at the table. A lot of times dinner is fast food. A lot of times dinner is at 8 o'clock at night. A lot of times dinner is wedged between soccer practice and band practice, which is kind of a shame for a number of reasons. Number one, you don't get the conversations that I grew up with. You don't learn how to sit and have a civil conversation with the family, which is kind of sad. But you also don't learn how to eat at a table. And I've been out in public and I've seen people who obviously don't know how to use silverware. What are all these forks for? What are all these spoons for? And yes, I have been shocked to see people in a restaurant pick up their soup bowl and go when they get to the bottom of the bowl. It's like, oh, God, no. I can hear my mother in the back of my head. Oh, my goodness. Were they raised in a barn? Anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of things. Thank you for letting me share my memories with you. Until next time, you take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.